Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Soundprints for the week of July 24, 2016. There are two items that appeared this week in email that are of particular significance, and we think that you'll enjoy both of them. The following media advisory was posted by the Kentucky Department of Education on July 21 and involves an interesting project underway at the Kentucky School for the Blind. The title is Kentucky School for the Blind Students Author Book. Seven students from the Kentucky School for the Blind, KSB, in Louisville are hoping to release the first ever professionally published anthology written by blind and visually impaired teenagers this fall. The book, titled We Can Hear You Just Fine, Clarifications from the Kentucky School for the Blind, provides readers with insights into lives of the teens and their inability to see clearly. It includes original essays, oral histories from interviews that the authors conducted with people who are important to them, and almost 100 photographs. The book is a reminder that the desire for acceptance and dignity and the drive to succeed and make meaning in the world is common to all of us. KSB students involved in the project are Haley Hall, Breckenridge County, Shane Lowe, Jefferson County, Madeline Lloyd, Davies County, former KSB student now attending school in Davies County, Silena Tyree, Hopkins County, 2016 KSB graduate, Kiana Waller, Franklin County, 2016 KSB graduate, Matthew Cottle, Perry County, 2016 KSB graduate, and Cherish Willis, Graves County, 2015 KSB graduate. Starting in August of last year, the students participated in Louisville Story Program's after-school writing workshops for four days a week to work on the book and they are currently in the process of drafting and revising their book chapters with intensive one-on-one -on -one editing and support. The book is scheduled for distribution in November. The Louisville Story Program, LSP, helps historically underrepresented Louisville residents tell their stories in their words. LSP provides extensive writing workshops and editorial support that culminates in documentary books about often overlooked aspects of Louisville's community, culture, and history. Three different editions of We Can Hear You Just Fine will be professionally published. The program recently has undertaken a Kickstarter campaign to raise funds to print a version of the book for sighted readers. The Louisville Story Program is hoping to raise $10,800 in the next month. The funds raised through Kickstarter will cover the costs of printing and freight for approximately 2,000 copies of the regular print edition. This edition can be pre-ordered by backing the Kickstarter campaign. 
The regular print edition will have a $20 cover price, and a $20 Kickstarter pledge includes a copy of the book, plus free shipping. Once the book is published, the regular print edition of the book will be available in Louisville bookstores and online at louisvillestoryprogram.org slash store. The American Printing House for the Blind, APH, which for more than 150 years has been a national leader in producing accurate, high-quality publications for readers who are blind, will produce and distribute the Braille and large print editions of the book. Each author will receive a $500 advance on royalties for his or her work. Revenues from future book sales will support the efforts of more people whose voices are often unheard as they partner with the Louisville Story Program to develop books, exhibits, and radio stories about their lives and communities. A project video featuring most of the authors has just been released. You can watch the video, learn more about the project, or make a Kickstarter contribution at www.kickstarter.com slash projects slash Louisville Story slash we dash can dash here dash you dash just dash fine. This project is made possible with the support of the Kentucky Arts Council, the Snowy Owl Foundation, the Arthur K. Smith Family Foundation, the Kentucky School for the Blind Charitable Foundation, Brown Foreman, the Gilbert Foundation, and the sales of previous LSP books. Any questions about the project should be directed to the Louisville Story Project Program Director, Darcy Thompson, at 502-583-3326. An additional note would be that Louisville Story Group has previously produced books concerning the Dirt Bowl, a basketball program that happens in Louisville in the summertime, and Louisville Shawnee High School in the west end of the city. On Wednesday, July 20th, the American Council of the Blind circulated the following press release. ACB commends Congress on legislation authorizing LOC to provide Braille e-readers Alexandria, Virginia, July 20. The American Council of the Blind, ACB, commends Congress on passage of legislation that would allow for the use of refreshable Braille e-readers by users of the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped, NLS, and thanks Senator Charles Schumer, Democrat of New York, for his leadership on shepherding this legislation in a bipartisan manner. Quote, at a time when little is making its way through Congress, we're deeply pleased that authorizing language for NLS, expanding opportunity for Americans who read Braille to use affordable e-reader technology more effectively, has passed in such a unified measure, said Kim Charlson, president of ACB. On July 13, Senator Schumer introduced S-3207 as an amendment to S-2893, the Library of Congress Sound Recording and Film Preservation Programs Reauthorization Act of 2016. Responding to an April 2016 Government Accounting Office GAO report that identified the use of refreshable Braille displays as a means to cut costs, 
S-3207 authorizes the NLS to begin moving toward including this option for library users. Quote, We're excited to see this new technology be utilized by NLS, said Eric Bridges, Executive Director of ACB. The cost of these devices has decreased dramatically with the new Braille reading technology being put into play. This will be a win-win for both users and the government. End of quote. NLS currently allows library users access to e-books formatted for Braille readers, though users are expected to purchase their own Braille reading devices. By providing Braille e-readers to NLS consumers, access to library materials will be significantly expanded. Peggy Peake is a life member of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and a longtime Soundprints listener. Peggy was actually a member of the KCB board when Soundprints began in 2002. About a week ago, Peggy inquired about the differences between Siri for the iPhone and Alexa for the Amazon Echo and related products. Brian Charlson, director of the Carroll Center for the Blind in Boston, Massachusetts, compares and contrasts Siri and Alexa on page two, giving us a look at some of the strengths and the weaknesses of each system and the costs associated with them. We hope you enjoy this feature, and thanks to Brian for spending so much time with us so that we can actually hear each product and how it performs. And on page three is the Soundprints calendar. Page 2. Brian Charlson is the Director of Technology at the Carroll Center for the Blind in Boston, Massachusetts. And he's on the phone with us right now to actually do um, a demonstration, a little comparison of a couple of things um, in response to a request from one of our listeners. And um, we're so glad to have you with us, Brian. Well, thank you again for inviting me. I always love to play with tech toys. Oh, yes. Tonight we're going to be talking about a comparison between Siri on the iPhone and Alexa uh, on the Amazon Echo, Amazon products. And you happen to be the happy owner of both, and so I couldn't think of a better person that could demo their various um, qualities, strengths, and maybe even tell us about weaknesses. And... um, and, and compare the two. So people out there who may be deciding, you know, do I want Alexa or do I want Siri um, or do I want both can have something to uh, to compare. So I'll just leave this to you and you take us where we need to go in order to find out how the two stack up. Oh, okay. So let's, let's start with uh, the biggest question of all, affordability. We all know that when you get an iPhone with Siri on it, you either get to buy it for somewhere between $500 and $700 direct, or you're going to buy it by way of a two-year telephone contract with some carrier. It's going to be one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So that's the upfront cost and commitment for an iPhone today. The Echo is significantly less expensive, around $175, depending on if you buy it on sale, and it comes with no contract required. So strictly on a matter of dollars and cents, the Echo is the more affordable of the two products. Okay. 
Now, in the same way, there are lots of different versions of the iPhone, and some of them are less expensive than others. Some come with some features, some come with other features, things like choice of color, but also the hardiness of the actual manufacturing of it, the amount of memory in the phone, et cetera, et cetera. On the Echo side of things, it's really a matter of the product lineup. So we have the Echo, which is a must-be-plugged-in-for-power, connected wirelessly to your home wireless network device that is three-quarters of it is a speaker. And that that's not a speaker are the insides that allow the wireless connection to take place, volume control, and Bluetooth connectivity. Okay, that's now explain to a person who's mm -hmm. a true beginner, what do you mean when you're talking about Bluetooth connectivity? It is possible with this device to wire, wirelessly connect it to other speakers. Okay. So if you don't like the speaker that it is, you can have it automatically through the air, send it off to Bluetooth speakers. Okay, and and you can Wireless. also and you can also do that if you want with your iPhone or uh, or or even with an iPad, right? Yes, within any of those devices, mm -hmm. possible to send the audio component to separate speakers by way of Bluetooth connectivity, which is a form of wireless. Sort of like uh, hooking it up through the air. Oh, yeah, absolutely right. through right. the air. It takes a little doing to get it put together in the first place, but after that, <laughs> you so much love not having wires dangling. Everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the Echo is the biggest of the three types of units that utilize this whole process called Alexa. Now, the smaller than the Echo, and the Echo stands about 10 inches tall and about three and a half inches across. The smaller version is called the TAP, T-A-P. The TAP doesn't have voice activation without touching it. You have to push a button to talk, very much like Siri on your iPhone. You gotta press that home button to get its attention, right? Oh, okay. So the TAP requires that you push a button, but the TAP has another benefit, and that is it's battery operated. So I can take the tap with me out onto my deck uh, on a summer's evening and listen to it out there without having to plug it in. And still, as long as it's within wireless connectivity of my home wireless system, then that will work fine. And how far can you oh, go? Roughly 80 to 100 feet. Okay. Your wireless comes into your home. And it will happen pretty smoothly uh, through any kind of surface, you know, like walls of your house, that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. unless there's big-time steel construction, because that acts like an antenna and deflects mm -hmm. these things. But I will tell you, I can sit on my deck and get almost as good wireless connectivity as I can sitting in my living room, in that my wireless connection starts in my home office. Mm -hmm. I'm right now down in my basement, uh, about as far away from the wireless as I can get, mm -hmm. uh, and it's still working through the ceiling, through walls, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Now, the third unit in this Echo slash tap slash is the dot, D-O-T. Okay. The dot is only about two and a half inches tall. It has a built-in speaker, but not all that good of a speaker. And 
it needs to be plugged into work. But it's also about half the price. And okay. again, where the dot comes in handy is if you're already going to use Bluetooth speakers anyway, why pay for extra speakers mm -hmm. when you can connect it in that Bluetooth fashion we were just discussing? Mm -hmm. So I have all three of these. I keep the Echo in my living room where the whole family has access to it. I keep the tap on the headboard of my uh, bed, and my wife and I can both just reach up and push that button and give it commands. <laughs> and then, and that again goes with us out onto the deck. And then I keep the dot down here in my man cave office where I broadcast as a broadcaster with ACB Radio mm -hmm. on ACB Radio Interactive on Thursday nights from 6 to 9 p.m. The Yin Yang Show. Had to get that commercial. <laughs> you know it. Had to do it. Had right. to do it. So these things, each one of them, cost slightly less than the other, from the $175 Echo down to the $58 DOT, D-O-T. Okay. And these prices vary with ads that they put on constantly. Sure. But so, you get them through Amazon. There you go. All of that can be bought through Amazon. Yes. In fact, I bought my DOT by talking to my Echo. I thought that was kind of odd. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. There you go. So let's start by comparing the two. First, let's hear the voices of the two. That is the voice of voiceover on my iPhone 6. Okay. I'm going to simply ask it for the time by pressing the home button, releasing it, and then asking for the time. And, and let's say that two... Uh, for someone listening, that you have yours speeded up pretty good, but you can also slow it down if you want. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What time is it? It's 9.15 p.m. It's good a pretty, evening. It's a pretty easily understood voice. I don't think many people would have right. difficulty understanding it. You can ask it all kinds of things. Oh, all kinds of things. Good old Siri. Yes. And you don't have to address it by the, its name either. So that's how you'll tell when I'm talking to Siri versus with the Echo, because I call the Echo by its name. We laughingly say, by the name that shall not be spoken. Yes. Because if you accidentally mention it in conversation, it pricks up its virtual ears and uh, thinks that you're trying to tell it something or ask it something. <laughs> so let's try it. Alexa, what time is it? It's 9.16 p.m. So the voice, I think, sounds a little richer probably, but keep in mm -hmm. mind the speaker is significantly larger okay. on this than it is on an iPhone. Okay. Volume can be handled on the iPhone with the two buttons along the side, and volume on the Echo can be either handled by voice commands or the top third of an inch is actually a volume knob, the whole top of this cylinder oh. of the Echo. So I can control it that way. But I can also say, Alexa, quieter. Alexa, quieter. Alexa, what time is it? The time is 9.17 p.m. Can you tell the volume difference? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it certainly okay. reacts in that fashion. Now, the fun parts of things. You know, this is the logistics so far. And that is that I can ask these two devices to do a wide variety of things for me. So I can say, Alexa, what is the weather? In Watertown, it's 75 degrees with partly cloudy skies. Tonight, 
you can look for clear skies with a low of 56 degrees. And then I'm going to press button. the button on my Siri. What's the weather? The weather looks good today. Up to 82 degrees and sunny. Temperatures should be high tomorrow through July 28, 2016. Now, I asked them both the same question, but I got slightly different answers from the two of them, didn't I? Yes. Not not a straight up up and down answer, but answers with frills, kind of. Yes, yes. I can also um, ask what the weather's going to be in the future. <laughs> Alexa, what is the weather going to be this weekend? In Watertown, it'll be a sunny weekend with a high of 93 and a low of 67. Now we'll try Siri. What will the weather be like this weekend? Don't leave home without your sunscreen. It's going to be hot and sunny this weekend. Now you can tell Siri doesn't get very precise. She likes to say cutesy little things like that. Yes. Not quite direct information. Now I can ask for direct information from both of them. For example, Alexa. How many tablespoons in a pint? One pint equals 32 tablespoons. And again, going to Siri. How many tablespoons in a pint? One pint is 32 tablespoons. So they can give me some useful information. I use them quite a bit when I'm cooking. But of course, because, of, pardon me, she who shall not be named. Okay. Yes. She is just a voice away, so my hands can be pretty dirty in the kitchen, and I can still get that kind of information, including, Alexa, set alarm for 12 minutes. 12 minutes, starting now. So I use her as my kitchen timer all oh. the time. Okay. I can do the same thing with Siri, but I've got to touch that foolish button mm -hmm. to get her attention. Mm -hmm. Siri, set an alarm for 12 minutes. I've set an alarm for 9.32 p.m. Now, she told me what time that's going to be, while Alexa didn't. Mm -hmm. Oh, you Oops. said her name. I did. <laughs> so, Alexa, how much time is left? Alexa, how much time is left? About 11 minutes left. So I can interact with her in that way as well. Mm -hmm. And I can do the same thing with Siri, asking them mm -hmm. how much time is left on the timer. Mm -hmm. How much time is left on the alarm? I don't understand how much time is left on the alarm. Let's try again. How much time is left? I found an article about time. <laughs> Shall I read it to you? No. Okay, I won't read it. She really does require that I do a lot of flicking on the screen to read mm -hmm. some of the information that she's displaying on right. that iPhone. Is that, and, and actually, I'm glad that happened because um, you can ask for information about anything, and she will tell you that she has found an article. She might give you a little bit of information, but to really read it, you have to run your finger around um, on the screen. You may need to... Um, flick up or down in order to move from screen to screen.
and by flicking we mean just uh, just that flicking up with maybe a three fingers or two fingers depending on how you want to move um, moving your fingers up and down the screen yeah there's so. no question that it takes more knowledge to mm -hmm. get knowledge out of an iPhone mm -hmm. and it takes to get that same knowledge when available out of the echo However, there are things I can do with Siri that I can't do with Echo at all. Okay. Send a text message to Carla Rushival. What do you want to say to Carla Rushival? I'm glad we had this opportunity to do a radio program recording. Your message says, I'm glad we had this opportunity to do a radio program recording. Ready to send it? Yes. I'll send it. Now, that is simply something you cannot do with the Echo. Right. Um, the Echo does not do text messaging. Okay. In terms of sending it out. It and now I just a. got a, a notification on my phone that your message is here. There you go. <laughs> so there well, it is. I can say to Alexa, Alexa, what is my schedule? Here are the next four events. Tomorrow. At 8.30 a.m., there's Brian. David, Heather Weekly Meeting. At 9 a.m., there's Alphabet. Stop. <laughs> I can do the same thing with Siri. What is my schedule for tomorrow? Tomorrow, you have six appointments at 8.30, 9 a.m., 1.30, 8, and 9 p.m. Want to know more? No. Okay, I won't. So I can access my schedule on either system. Um, I cannot access my email or text messages on Echo at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Things keep changing. So much of what the Echo is capable of is dependent on things called skills. And I gave Echo the skill of being able to read my Google Calendar. Oh. I don't have the ability to tell Echo to have the skill of reading my email. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there are some limitations. Now, Brian, what if a person wants to listen? Does Alexa have Echo have the ability to do things like um, play radio stations or or tune in to sports broadcasts? You know the kinds of things that let's say tune in radio would do on the app on the iPhone? Anything that's available through TuneIn Radio is available through Alexa. Okay. So I can say, Alexa, play ACB Radio Mainstream. ACB Radio Mainstream on TuneIn. It, it's always seemed to me that... Uh, oh, how neat. Alexa, stop. So it's very smooth to do those kind of things. And that was, happened to be an Internet radio station, right, one of ACB? Yes. Mm -hmm. But I could just as easily have said, Alexa, play Magic 106.7. Magic 106.7 on TuneIn. Alexa, stop. Now, that is a terrestrial radio station, the mm -hmm. most popular, you know, middle rock and roll station here in the Boston area. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the odd things that happens, because this is done through TuneIn, is sometimes they block the local ads 
and put in Internet ads. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a Jared's jewelry store that seems to have the, the edge in this market area for that. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, it works quite well. Now, you had mentioned listening to sports broadcasts. Okay. Mm-hmm. That really depends on what happens. You know how it is with uh, commercial uh, professional baseball and basketball? They sell the rights to that mm-hmm. to terrestrial stations, and the terrestrial stations block that part of their broadcast from going over the Internet. Okay. So I can't listen to my precious Red Sox on it. <laughs> I can, however, say, Alexa, when do the Red Sox next play baseball? I wasn't able to understand the question I heard. I spoke it incorrectly. Alexa, when do the Red Sox next play? Sorry, I oh, didn't understand the question I heard. She's being difficult. Alexa, <laughs> when do the Red Sox play? The Red Sox will play tomorrow at 7.10 p.m. at home against the Giants. So when I do that kind of thing, I have to be careful how I ask the question. Mm-hmm. And eventually you change your personal behavior to do it. I, it took me a while before I got used to this idea of having to say her name before mm-hmm. I said anything else to her. Mm-hmm. In the morning I say, Alexa, good morning. Alexa, good morning. Good morning. Yesterday was John Glenn's birthday. Today there's a full moon. That seems fitting. <laughs> okay. She, she can be pretty cocky sometimes. I guess. <laughs> now, I also have access to all the music I get as a Amazon Prime customer. Okay. So I can say, Alexa, play Eagles. Uh, she's being tardy on me tonight. Alexa, <laughs> play Eagles. Shuffling Eagles from Prime Music. And I can give her commands, even though she's making a lot of noise. I can say, Alexa, next. Alexa, quieter. Alexa, quieter. Alexa, pause. So I can do all of those kinds of things pretty much with ease. Now, people who really like NPR shows, Mm -hmm. I can get podcasts through this as well. So I can say, Alexa, play Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Getting the latest episode of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Here it is from TuneIn. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Alexa, Link, stop. a battery-powered... So I can easily access commonly listened to, by way of the Internet, NPR shows. Okay, what if I wanted to listen to, um, to say, TV shows or, um, you know, programming of that type that is not is not just internet but um that's actually on tv is there any can i use either device to do that with the right applications you can do that kind of thing on an iphone okay it's not everything but there's many things that you can do but it's not the same thing as tuning in 
a real station, if you will. Mm-hmm. You're tuning in specific programming. It's more like a DVR. Mm-hmm. That is, the programs are there, but you have to know where to look for them and play them by episode and those kinds of things. Okay, and I don't have to tune in at the time they're being aired? Correct. Okay. Can I get audio description on them? If they were broadcast that way, they'll play that way. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to tell you that as I've been going through things, one of the, you know, I'm really, as you can tell, excited about what Amazon's doing in terms of accessibility. Right. They didn't build these devices with blind people in mind, but they're nonetheless fully accessible by a blind person. Mm-hmm. Um, what they haven't done up to this point is make any of their streamable movies with audio description. That's Amazon. That's Amazon. Okay. Now, you can certainly go to some um, products out there and be able to get them in that fashion. For example, I can listen to audio-described movies through my Apple TV. And if I can do it through my Apple TV, guess what? I can do it through my Apple phone. Mm-hmm. Okay? I have to know all the bells and whistles to make that happen and set it up properly, but absolutely that is doable because I can access Netflix mm-hmm. through my phone. Okay. So if I, if, I were to, if I were to want to access programming like that, I'm, I'm not a TV person, but let's say I decide that I, I want to get a particular show, and, um, and, and so, uh, you know, how would I go about figuring out um, or finding out if, if that's available and, and setting that up? I know I could call you, Brian, and you'd walk me through it. But oh, there you go. Oh, <laughs> but I'm not have... sure that everybody, you know, that you would want, you know, 100 people calling you up and saying, how do I do this? But um, so what would, what would a person do? One moment. All of my alarms are coming on. <laughs> That's right. The 12 on. minutes. Stop. are out of control. There we go. It took me longer to shut up Siri because I first had to unlock my phone, which became locked. And once it was unlocked, I had to flick to the OK button, not yes. the Use button. Yeah. All I had to do with Alexa is to tell her to stop. Yes. And she's done. So, so there's I, no doubt that I, I think that for a person that's never used either one of these, that Alexa would be the easiest to use. It's easiest out of the box mm-hmm. once it's been connected to your wireless network. Uh-huh. Um, it's more limited in terms of what you can ask it to do, uh-huh. but it does it with less effort. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's the kind of trade you make in things. Yes. I, can, um, I can buy things by way of Alexa now. Just by talking to her. Yeah, I've got to be careful here. So let's let's yes. give an example of that. Alexa, buy paper towels. Amazon's choice for paper towels is Boundy paper towels, twelve huge rolls white. Oh my gosh! Dollars and sixty-eight cents total. Brian, what I could do with that? Should I order it? No. <laughs> 
Adam, Adam would not allow me to have that in the house, you know? <laughs> hey, it gets pretty crazy, let me tell you. Yes. I can add things to lists, but i got to be careful what I do in those. It's not that you can accidentally buy something, because you have to order it and then say, yes, you really did mean to do it. Yes. You but... can't back out. Oh, my goodness. At any time. Oh, and I would, I would Amazon, be having a shopping party every hour, too. <laughs> and you know Amazon has tens of thousands of products, right? Oh. I can order any of those through this device. I have to be as precise as I can about what it is I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, and it will tell me whether it's, you know, back-ordered or those kinds of things as well. Oh, oh wow. They've been doing sales, and they've yet to really master this ability to do sales. I should be able to say, Alexa, what's on sale at Amazon Prime? Oh. Sorry, I don't know the answer. <laughs> yeah. She's not going to tell me that yet. No, not yet. Uh, yeah. and, and some days that could take all day for you to hear. Yeah, well, and I could be precise. Like July 12th when it was yeah, Prime exactly. Day. <laughs> Alexa, buy bananas. I can't order bananas, so I've added it to your shopping list. <laughs> oh, you heard it say, I have got a shopping list, right? Yes. So I can say, Alexa, what's on my shopping list? Alexa, what is on my shopping list? You have three items on your shopping list. Bananas. Red socks, baseball cap size 7 and 5 eighths. <laughs> Men's dress, Oxford shoes, size nine and a half. Wow. She, she couldn't buy any of those things for me. Now, it uh -huh. depends on where you are, whether or not Amazon has their food delivery service. Yes. Uh -huh. Or not. Uh -huh. Right now, they have it in Boston proper, but they don't have it here in the Boston suburbs. Yeah. 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 But it, again, it's just the trick in all of this is to show some imagination. Mm -hmm. For example, I can do anything through Wikipedia on the Alexa, mm -hmm. but I have to word the question properly. What's your favorite basketball team, Carla? Now, Brian, you know it's the Kentucky Wildcats. Okay, so let's try this. Alexa, who is the coach of the Kentucky Wildcats? Gosh, she's slow tonight. <laughs> Alexa, who is the coach of the Kentucky Wildcats? Hmm. I can't find the you, answer. You might have to say University of Kentucky Wildcats. There we go. Alexa, who is the coach of the University of Kentucky Wildcats basketball team? Sorry, I didn't nope. understand the question I heard. On the other hand, I can say, Alexa, who's the general manager of the Red Sox? I wasn't able to understand. Oh, she is having difficulty. <laughs> she is. I am telling you, all of these are things she answered before you called. <laughs> I tested every one of these things, and she's just being belligerent. <laughs> and again, you have to have a sense of humor about these things. Yep. I worry about people who expect technology to work the same every time. Right. You know, right. That's supposed to be the nature of science, that if you do it once in a given way, if you do it the next time in that same way, you'll get the same results. It doesn't happen that way hasn't been my experience. No. Half of it no. is an art form. No. Half of it is voodoo, I think. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, let's let's go back to the 
TV programs and the movies for a little bit because I think that that is something that a lot of people are interested, a lot of blind people are interested in the audio description. And, you know, it's sometimes it's such a hassle to use those remote controls and watch things on TV or maybe you don't live in an area that has, you know, a lot of choices or whatever. Um, and, and I guess my question is, do you, you know, do you have a sense of, um, you know, can you get those kinds of things through iPhone or through, well, I guess you, you said through iPhone. Okay. Can you get, um, access to broadcasts, um, even in, in podcast form of, of, um, of, of programming um, with or without audio description on your iPhone that you might not have access to, um, you know, through just a regular TV channel. In other words, is, are there Internet resources out there for those kinds of things? There are absolutely Internet resources for those kinds of things. It takes persistence to find them. Mm-hmm. And on my iPhone, whenever I, there's something I want to be able to do that I haven't asked it to do before, I instantly go to the website of AppleViz, that's AppleVIS mm-hmm. dot com, mm-hmm. and take a look at what other iPhone voiceover users have said worked well. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to wade my way through literally hundreds of thousands of apps to yeah. find one that does what I wanted to do. Right. Now, two nights ago, I went to a minor league baseball game. Not the major leagues. Right. If you're doing the major leagues, you use a, a, the one and only app for that mm-hmm. called At Bat. Okay. Now, but I was going to a minor league team. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out there's an app for that called First Pitch. Hmm. And I could listen to the play-by-play by way of my my cell phone. Wow. Now, there's problems with sporting events when you're there live and using digital technology. There's mm-hmm. a delay that happens mm-hmm. at the very process. Mm-hmm. So I do tend to use a radio first. But when my batteries died, which they did, mm-hmm. or rather that just happened. But when my batteries died, I switched over to using my iPhone and first pitch. When mm-hmm. it comes to television... There's lots and lots of apps for doing television in different bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. Not like you can choose Channel 7 or Channel 13 or whatever. Mm -hmm. You really have to go kind of by program to get access to it. Mm. So I'm going to, with your permission, I'm going to um, move to another page in my iPhone. Okay. Radio folder. So in my radio folder, this is for listening to radio-based material. I've got four different apps for doing that. Okay. Oh, in sports folder, by the way, I doubt that any of your listeners are into it, but our mutual friend Paul Edwards is into cricket, and you can get cricket play-by-play as well as baseball. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Well, I happen to be a Comcast customer. Okay. And in Comcast, their service is called Xfinity, right? Yes. And so in Xfinity, I have a program in there called TV Go. 
TV Go allows me to access whatever TV programs I've recorded on my DVR at home, I can access with my phone wherever I am. Okay. TV remote. It acts as my TV remote. If I can't find my silly TV remote, my phone can do it. <laughs> okay. What's on? Gives me um, program listings. Xfinity Wi-Fi gives me access to um, things that are on the TV that I can then rebroadcast to myself over Wi-Fi. My Infinity a remote allows me to, again to use it as a remote. Let's see, do I have a second page here? Nope. So those are just the apps within Xfinity itself. Now, I think there's also remote apps for other services besides Comcast, like AT&T and exactly. so on. It's so all a matter of uh, what I would do if I were thinking about doing this. Mm-hmm. I would simply go to the website for my current cable provider uh-huh. and see what they have to offer. Mm-hmm. They're all competing in the same space. Yes. Both they very much want to not have somebody else have something they don't have. True. Very folder. true. Social folder. Yep. And again, we want to emphasize that you don't have to have your phone talking as fast as Brian. <laughs> we speed our phones up. So. There, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Talking yeah. slowly. For right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Five. Column one. Page three of six. Education folder. Lifestyle. Games folder. Time I'm, management folder. I'm trying to remember what I folder. called where my Home office folder. TV folder. Shopping folder. Apple office. News folder. Navigation folder. News folder. Of course, if Five you're a newsaholic, which my wife and ACB president Kim Charlson is definitely a newsaholic. <laughs> Last thing she listens to before she goes to bed and first thing she listens to when she gets up in the morning. <laughs> so there's lots of news services I can access. Simple note. Oh, let's see. Page four of six. Speech two notes. Let's see what we've got up Speech here. Speech two tips. Assistant. Via. Oh, there's all Maya. kinds of them. Mm-hmm. And it, it, again, it depends on what floats your boat. If you like things like Nick at Night, you know, those old TV programs. Right. Gilligan's Island, you know, um, I Dream of Genie, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. There are services that all over the place to you, all right. over the place. Right. Where you start to run into problems, and I don't mean unsoluble ones, but they are more complicated ones. Okay. Is if you wanted to watch the episodes of, uh, oh, let's see, what would be a good example? Orange is the New Black. Okay. Very popular yeah. show right now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not on network TV. Right, that's on Netflix. That's on pay-for-view yeah. kind of stuff. Right? right, right. Those you will not find without, in some fashion, paying to view it. Mm-hmm. And then you and then you can. But I will tell you that the most success that we have so far in terms of audio-described movies and the like is if you can do it by way of Netflix. Mm-hmm. But other companies are coming in to that space. Mm-hmm. including um, Yahoo, Amazon. Um, we're also working with Hulu. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, these are words that are, quite honestly, a bit foreign to me. 
because I grew up in the era of <laughs> network broadcasts. Right, stuff. right. But that's not that's not what currently is, mm-hmm. is the vogue. But those are all groups, not all there. companies with whom ACB is working to try to increase the audio description. And we've been, things have been really good, like with Netflix and so on. And, you know, look at the progress with Comcast. And, um, you know, there's been a huge amount of progress in the last two or three years. And we have even more progress that will happen by the end of the year because all of the major cable companies are going to be required to have accessible set-top boxes mm-hmm. by the end of the year. Right. And that is really going to be a game-changer in a variety of ways. And we're all pushing right now uh, because there's a proposal for increased audio description from, what, 50 hours a quarter prime time to 87.5 per network? And now my problem, Carla, is going to be the same problem all other Americans have. Where are you going to have the time to watch all of this stuff? Yes. Um, already it takes a huge amount of time, and I have to, and it, maybe this is the problem. As a person who's been blind all of my adult life, there are things I just didn't work into my life in the first place. You mm-hmm. said you're not a TV person, mm-hmm. right? Right. Well, there are very few totally sighted people who would ever say, I'm not a TV person. Right. But it's very, it's pretty common among those who are blind or visually impaired. Why get hooked in the first place? Yeah. Well, 40 years ago, I would sit all day and watch soaps all day long, believe it or not. I went through three or four years of doing that, and I decided, can't stand to be a couch potato. Got to get up off of this thing and do something. And I was doing stuff, but I was wasting so much time watching soap operas. And one day I just decided I had to stop, and I turned it off, and that was that. So I didn't know one could cold turkey from soaps. Yeah, no, that was that was interesting. I had a few problems with not knowing what Erica was doing on all my children. You know, uh, <laughs> see, my my current addiction is YouTube videos. Oh, I'm talking about oh my know, gosh, about their cat hanging from a yeah. Uh, a ceiling fan or something. <laughs> I can't get it. I can't let myself get started on those because I would never stop, you know. And, and for me, it's learning things that I wouldn't otherwise be right. able to access right. and to do it in relatively small bites that I can actually semi-justify doing. Right. So when I can't sleep at night, I'm up and listening to YouTube videos <laughs> on how better to play my ukulele or how to cook better on my grill or... Yes. Or a lot of things that I will never, ever do, but now I know how to do because I watched it on YouTube. <laughs> right. Well, Brian, we are probably going to be way out of time. Adam is going to tell us that he doesn't have time to put an opening and closing into this show. But this has been so much fun, and I hope that people out there have gotten some idea of the of, of how these things compare, and, and probably we haven't answered the question, which one should I buy, because there's so many choices in, in all of these things. And, and when we've talked about iPhones, I mean, as you said, there's different, there's different types of iPhones, and there's the different models of iPads, but at least we've looked at what are the differences in the basic, in, in, in the basic Siri concept and the Alexa concept. And I really do appreciate you taking the time to do this. This has been fabulous. Thank you so much. No problem, I have to say. Alexa, are you happy? 
species just being a pill tonight. <laughs> he is. Are you happy? I'm happy when I'm helping you. Well, now that's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thank and you. And I hope people take an opportunity to see this stuff. The prices are coming down. Yes. Um, the features are going up. Can't ask for much more than that in electronics. And and it's accessible. That's what's really cool is it's accessible from the day it started with Alexa. And, exactly. and you know, and all the voiceover things. I mean, it it's it's such it's almost a dream world, you know. Again, when when how many things in your life does it cost less to get more? I know. And this is truly what's going on here. I know. Less to get more. It's very exciting. Hey, thank you very much. Great. We'll be listening into the show and and uh, all the future shows coming out of Louisville, Kentucky, right. and, and Carla Rushville. Page 3. The Sound Prince Calendar. The August calendar includes the following events. August 3. The KCB PR Membership Committee will meet at 8 p.m. by telephone on the conference line 605-475-6006. The code is 294444. There are two activities on August 4. The first is at the Bluegrass Council of the Blind. It is a free art class. It's a chance to participate in the creation of a felting art piece to be displayed in an art exhibition in September in Lexington. Fun for everyone. Call the Bluegrass Council of the Blind at 859-259-1834 for details. Also on August 4 is the next meeting of the American Council of Blind Lions. This is a monthly meeting for blind lions from around the country. Share ideas and ways to be involved in your local clubs. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, call 712-432-3900 and enter code 796-096. On August 5 and 6, the Kentucky School for the Blind will host its 71st Annual Alumni Conference and Reunion at the Ramada Inn at 1041 Zorn Avenue in Louisville. For more information, contact the alumni at 502-897-1472. On August 7, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its committee meeting evening. The Advocacy Committee will meet at 7 p.m., Education and Technology at 8, and Activities at 9. The conference call number is 605-475-6006, and the code is 294444. On August 9, the Support Alliance for the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have its next meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church in Owensboro. Officer Courtney Yearington, Owensboro Police Department, will discuss common scams and how to avoid them. The address of the Baptist Church is 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 for more information. On August 11, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its August conference call meeting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time by phone. The number is 605-475-4700 and the code is 155619. For more information, call Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369. On August 12, Another GLCB roundabout will take place. The number for more information is 
502-895-4598. On August 13, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its board meeting at 11 a.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. Also on August 13 is Cinema Saturday, featuring The Book of Eli, a movie from 2010, shown at 12.30 p.m. at the American Printing House for the Blind. This is an audio-described movie which features an important visually impaired character. This movie is rated R. The activity is free. Call the Printing House Museum at 502-899-2213 for more information. On August 14, the KCB Next Generation Chapter will hold its conference call meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time by phone. The number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. On August 15, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold its board meeting at 8 p.m. on the same conference line. On August 16, the Tri-State Library users will have a program conference call at 8 p.m. and again, it will be on the same conference line. 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. August 19 is another GLCB roundabout. Call 502-897-1472 for details. On August 21, the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni will hold its next meeting by conference call at 8 p.m. Eastern, 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On August 22, the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will hold its August conference call meeting at 7 p.m. on the same conference line. August 24, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have its peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office in Lexington. This will include lunch and a speaker. Wheels Pass is available for attendees upon request. Call 859-259-1834 to sign up. On August 26 is the last GLCB roundabout of the month. 502-897-1472 for more information. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.